Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, Feels good. Feels good, baby. Yeah. That's a song, right? Yeah, we did this two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's a song, isn't it? <laughs> That's the thing about doing an episode once every three weeks to six weeks. <laughs> is for all we know, we're doing the same episode every time. <laughs> but the good, the good part is, we get a we get a bunch of new listens every month, but we only pick up like. A quarter to a third of those is is continuing listeners. Oh, so we're so we could do the same episode, and for three quarters, like we're gonna the base we're gonna lose the base. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay; they were never there. For but us. every Anyways. month, yeah, every month we're gonna get a solid couple hundred people that are just like, "Old Town Road is cool," and so is this episode and this then episode's good and then they listen next month and they're like this is, it's the same thing they're losing me i think we're good i they're think we've heard me. everything we need to hear <laughs> thank you for joining me again we're having a drink together for the first time well because i don't think we've recorded on a friday before we're adults so yeah. during the week it's a little it's a little more difficult to yeah to get a little toasty and record you we're, gotta we're more you tight things buttoned. to do the next day you have responsibilities, you got bills, you got all kinds of things. And then doing it on a Friday is like, all right, I can I can pretend like that's not my life for tonight. Not only doing it on a Friday, but doing it on a Friday the week before Thanksgiving. Yes. So we're already feeling a little more loose. Caution to the wind. Yeah. This is the prelude to Big Wednesday. Because we know next week's going to be easy. We next got, week's going to be Big Wednesday. It's, it'll be okay. It'll be fantastic. It'll just be Wednesday. You've got to come here. to Just re- Wednesday at my house. You've got to come here to record on Big Wednesday. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Big the, Wednesday. The Big Wednesday special. The Big Wednesday extravaganza. Are you off next week? Uh, it, It'll be a light week, but I still got to work Monday through Wednesday. It'll be uh, light. You have to work every- on Big Wednesday. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. You're uh, a hero. You know. I, I do it for the people out there, uh, and by the people out there, I mean my family that needs food and shelter. I do mm-hmm. it for them. I do it. it for them. We are fresh into a new list of orders from the state of California. I know this is burnt on your brain right now. We got a curfew last night. Yeah, I can't be out after 10 o'clock. I feel like I'm in eighth grade. <laughs> Between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., you can't be outside. Now, I've since I've since looked at it, and our sheriff... Donnie Youngblood, shout out to Donnie Youngblood. I know you're an avid listener of this podcast. He came out and said they will not be enforcing the governor's orders. No, they will not. Do you know why? Because it's a we're a red county. So for us, we're majority Republican here, mm-hmm. and I believe Youngblood is an elected. Is he an elected official? He is an elected official. That's yeah, correct. Yeah, so he's not going to do anything to. To lose his seat. We are a red county, but we may not be as red as you think. Like for the election split, presidential election, what do you think it was, Trump to Biden in Kern County? Well, this is the the uh, the largest Democratic vote we've had in the county probably ever. I think it was like 48, 52 or something like that. It was 43 to 53, which is pretty close considering Kern County. I'll tell you this. <clears throat> I will not get into partisan politics. Because we're all exhausted and no one cares. I will say this, though. There's something really fun 
about being in a town that you know leans a certain way and going out in public on the day the news breaks that their guy lost the election. (laughs) (laughs) It is a really fun sociological study because everybody's in a bad mood and it's the only day every four years that you know exactly why. Yeah, you know exactly why and you know that they're having a terrible day, terrible week, and they're going to have a terrible next four years. But when you go, like, I right after they made the announcement, I went to the grocery store. And normally, you'll be at the grocery store and you'll be like, ah, this guy's kind of an asshole. What's his problem? I knew what everybody's problem was. <laughs> yeah, I go, I know. I everybody's problem. And you had a, they had masks on, and I could still tell they were not having a good time. Well, I'm surprised they had masks on to begin with mm-hmm. here in this I, county. I swear to God, there was one kid standing in line with a T-shirt on with the, with the outline of the United States of America. And inside of the outline, it said, what the hell happened? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. There was no like politics one way or another. It just said, what the hell happened? That was a quick print. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. They, somebody has a, a t-shirt pressing company in their garage. Not that they're quick printing those things. Bad. So 53-43, which you're right, was a high Democratic turnout for Kern County. I think that's the highest that we've had ever in this county. I just looked it up today to see what that count was. I don't even remember why. But I did find something very interesting in the Kern County results. What is that? First of all, this is not the interesting part, but zero votes for Kanye West. Oh, that's good. Zero. That's good. Which is amazing. Yeah, that is pretty good for us. He was on the ticket. It's pretty amazing that he got zero votes. I'm happy. Nine votes went to Jesse the Body Ventura. Was he running? I didn't think he was. But I went to, like, I started looking it up after that, and he got 1,983 nationwide. Nine of those came from Kern County. How amazing is that? Was he, so was that he a up. write-in? I don't remember him being. I don't remember seeing him on the ticket. He, 0.4% of his entire vote total was right here in Kern County. And so I checked it out. He ran for the Alaska Green Party. Not even the Green Party, just the Alaska branch. <laughs> Oh, man. So I saw, I don't think he was on the ticket because he had like a two-minute video, and it was real Jesse the Butt. Both parties have to admit the wrongdoing in the election, the deep state. (laughs) And and he goes, I swear to God, it ends ends like he said, here's a bad sign that you know you're not going to get elected because he had two minutes to prepare for his most measured speech. Like forget a debate where you can be caught off guard. He had he had the benefit of time and editing. He could have put anything he wanted. And here was one of the last things he said. We need to be prepared to elect Che Guevara as our new president. <laughs> che, oh. yeah. It's a bad, we need Fidel Castro as our <laughs> new And he goes, I'm Jesse Ventura. And if you write me in as your candidate, <laughs> I will do the job. So he's asking people to write him in? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm written in as your candidate, I will do the job. How how dumb does Minnesota feel? Yeah. Right? They're well, like, this guy, that guy was the guy for a little while. Like, he was their governor for a while. How, like, would you rather be the governor of Minnesota or come in dead last in a presidential race where you're asking people to have to write you in? Right. What happened between governing Minnesota? He got... So Kanye West got 62,645 votes. Nationwide? Nationwide. Jesse the Body Ventura, who actually was a politician, 
I'd be curious to see how he did in Minnesota. I don't remember hearing he was a disaster. Uh, he was a disaster. Are you for sure on that, or are you I'm, just saying look at him? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was a disaster. What if he showed up in the Hollywood Hogan sash that he used to wear? <laughs> I'm ready to govern the state. I was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> I want to listen to it now because I feel like you're I'll doing it. So I feel like you're doing a dead on Jesse the Body. I am doing it a lot better than I thought I was going <laughs> yeah, to. That's pretty solid. I watched it and I was like, I wonder if I can do a Jesse the Body Ventura, but I haven't tried to do like impressions on the regs in like 20 years. I used to be, <laughs> I used to really be an impressions guy before I realized how like how hack on stage it was. So I used to really try to do impressions, and then I stopped doing it because my family, people would be over, and they'd be like, do Jimmy Stewart. And I'd be like, no, I'm very embarrassed. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing this. Yeah. Do <laughs> do Johnny Carson. Uh, no. I'm going to wait until uh, 2020. I'm going to wait for a pandemic and then bring bring the Jesse the Body Ventura impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for my time. <laughs> now I'm a limited guy. I've got Barney and Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> And there's probably some blend in there. I'm running for president. <laughs> that is actually for a good Barney. Me. What's that? That's a good Barney, That's too. That's not a bad Barney. I got a good Barney. It's I'm going to be a rapper. Bad Barney. I know you don't bad know rappers. Bad Bobby. Yeah, bad Barbie. Bobby. I know nothing about rapper, today's rappers. Yeah, we'll get to that yes, we in will. a second. But anyway, Kanye got 62,000 votes. Jesse the Body Ventura only got 2,000. And then I decided, let me look up who, Mich who Kanye West's vice president candidate is. He was the vice president. I thought so, but Presidential no. candidate. He Wasn't dropped. He? He, initially, he was the vice president. <laughs> candidate. <laughs> candidate. Candidate. <laughs> but, but then he somehow dropped his presidential candidate. And decided to run as president, which we all knew was coming. And then he, he nominated a woman named Michelle Tidball as his vice president. And so I'm like, let me find out who Michelle Tidball was. And she doesn't even have a Wikipedia. So I'm like, we're off to a bad start. Yeah, Because is... I've got friends who are open micers who have Wikipedia pages. <laughs> <laughs> so I look her up and she's just a mental health specialist in Wyoming where he has a studio that he goes for like two months to record albums. So most likely he went to his studio and was like, I'm having a bipolar attack. I need to see somebody. He went to see Michelle. And while they were talking with each other, he was like, this has been really helpful. Would you be interested in being my <laughs> vice president? <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know this, like the certification standards. I accept. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what could put you on the verge of losing your licensing to be a mental health professional. But I feel like part of it is if you're treating someone and then agree to be their vice presidential <laughs> candidate. <laughs> is that in the bylaws? <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a meeting with a guy at 2.30. He's a sociopath, and he actually wants me to run on his ticket for school board <laughs> council. And I'm thinking about joining. I, I, I might do it. I don't yeah. know. I just might do it. It could be good for my career. Oh, my gosh. That I'm glad that disaster is behind us, all of it. Well, I mean, I guess semi behind us. I, I would love to know. Yes, I agree. Semi a couple behind things. us. A couple of things. I would love to know what the Kardashian household looked like the night the election was announced. Was he like, because he conceded, did they have to, did they have to be like, really sorry, honey? Like, did Kim have to be like, hey, honey, did they have to console him? Really sorry it didn't work out, but we had a great campaign. 
or did or like was it just a publicity stunt or did they really have to console him that this loss went? Through? I'm pretty sure he didn't even rem- remember that he was running for president. Like he's just that guy is off in space, man. I mean, you remember Kanye? Remember 2007, <clears throat> 2008, 2009 Kanye? I love I Kanye love the Kanye. rapper. Love old Kanye Kanye the guy who who had his face like shut in a car accident Kanye the guy who retired 50 cent yeah, yeah. deep de- deep lyric Kanye the producer guy. Kanye that guy was that Kanye was a good Kanye I don't know if you remember that but 50 cent was coming out with an album the same weekend as Kanye West it was like Kanye's second or third album and it was 50 cent's third or fourth album and he came out publicly and said if Kanye sells more records than me I'll retire and Kanye blew his ass away. And it was the end of like G Unit. Um like the it was the end of the reign of that. Does fifty cents still make music? Is that still a thing? <sighs> you know, I'm not sure. I know he produces he's just a he's a mogul now. He's so just sure. a guy now. Like yeah. he's just a business guy, right? I would say I'm glad that things are over, but they're not over yet. But they're kind of over. Like, people are already starting to not care again, which is fun. Yes. I can't wait to not care. Oh, I, I cannot again. wait. But I will say, in 20 years, because it's going to take at least 20 years, because everybody who does something about it now is going to be too connected, too partisan, too whatever. But in 20 years, someone's going to look back on this in a vacuum and produce one hell of a book on every single issue that happened like like for one just how it all went down for number two being with both campaigns and what's what it must have been like and number three being with the trump administration now it would be fascinating just to learn what the day-to-day is like because this is i wish i wish partisan politics wasn't so much a part of it because what we're looking at now whether you love them or hate them is a we're about to watch how a supreme le- winner and remarkable human being deals with losing. Like this is a this is a supreme winner, the likes of which world history has almost never seen, losing on the most public scale possible, and how that goes over. And I would love to just separate the nonsense and see what that looks like. Well, by all accounts, he's doing nothing right now. <laughs> like, like in in all the reading that I've done, it's like he's literally just kind of like head down, not doing anything. Like, does it like, you know, he's just he, of course, he's challenging at every corner, but also he's not really leading a country either. Well, like, he's just kind of from my understanding. And I don't know if this is true or not, but he actually went to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. And he's just going to stay there until this presidency thing oh, cool. <laughs> passes over. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the White House. But also, sucks. he owns that place. I'm going to say the White House probably sucks. Like, I don't live in a palace, but if I got if I had the choice between living here or sleeping in a 400 year old bed, you know, like all the banisters are old and shit. I got to look at Lincoln every night, just gazing upon me. I got to look at a bunch of men better than me every time I'm. <laughs> I bed my wife, <laughs> you know, like I'm getting the hell out of here and going back to where I was clearly the best person to be here for the to be here. I kind of Jesse Ventura that thing. But he's profiting from it, though, because he owns Mar-a-Lago. So he's well, sure. He has everybody there right oh, now. He's going to the same way. Like, I don't know how Elon Musk became the fourth or fifth richest person. Yeah. How did he in the last three years? 
like what he's done up until the last three years has been completely remarkable. Like PayPal, uh, SpaceX, Tesla, uh, whatever that boring company is, whatever. He but, was on a hot streak. But for some reason in the last two or three years, he went from like number 70 on the richest list to like number eight. And I'm curious, but you're going to see the next four years, you're going to see Trump be number three or four, number one. Number two, I was watching the news and one of the pundits had said, like, they were speaking with the administration. I think it was on even CNN or something like that. And they said something fascinating. I don't know if it's true or what. And they said it is like, can, uh, can you believe this? But they were talking about his contesting of the election. And they said his he's been telling his staffers. And again, I don't know if it's true. He's been telling his staffers he's pretty sure that it's not going to work out for him. But he's saying, like, let's just push this forward and see what happens. And I thought it was a fascinating study of a guy who could weather a storm and create a bunch of pressure that he's comfortable in, that he knows most people aren't. Like, I, I was just starting to listen to, to it psychologically to go, how does somebody become one of the biggest real estate moguls in Manhattan, a place that's known for swallowing people? And I'm guessing that's an insight is to go, I'm just going to push this thing as far as I can, and we'll see someone's suing me or, or, someone, or someone's competitive with me. I'm just going to slap them with eight lawsuits. They'll probably get thrown out and I may get, uh, you know, we may get sanctioned for a few. But let's see what happens. <laughs> like I could never, I could never do that. I had an apartment complex threatened to evict me for a goldfish and I'm a lawyer and I was like panicking the whole weekend. <laughs> I, lo I love the insight into somebody who could just turn up the heat on the stove to a thousand and go, let's see, who <laughs> let's see how long everyone can last here with me. God bless you. You just sneezed. Yeah, thank you. I, I've got COVID, everyone. Now I've got COVID. <laughs> now I'm dead. I sneezed in my mask and at the grocery store, and the first thing it thought in my mind was, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have 10 minutes to live. Now. I'm pretty sure I'm dead is I'm what's happening here. I'm pretty sure I have an hour to live. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's, I, I definitely don't want it. I agree, man. I think, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting next couple of months. And there, there's something sad about the whole thing, though. Like I, I will go to the guy's Twitter page every now and then. And it's like you're leading a country right now. Like these next couple of months, you're still the president. Yeah. And literally every single tweet is like, they they recount. Why, is, why, is, he tweet, like, oh why does he tweet like you? Why does he tweet in your voice? <laughs> recount the vote. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, hey, wait. What's going on in uh, what's, going, what's on? going on in Detroit, Michigan? Why don't you tell the people what you did today? How you arrived at this at at, at my abode? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got the. I'll start it off. We've got this thing where it's dueling banjos between us to see who can whip the other person the finger fastest when you arrive at my doorstep. So we've we're about we were about even until today. Like twice you got me, twice I got you. <clears throat> and so tell everybody what you did today. So traditionally, I will, uh, you know, much like any normal person, I'll just. Go to a person's front door, knock on it, wait for them to invite me in. That's that's what I do. That's how I get in people's that's homes. Right. But today I decided to walk around your property, <laughs> opening your side gate, and walk in through your back door. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. You had to open the side gate. 
My neighbors already look at me funny. I don't know if it's because I'm young or because I'm vaguely brown or because I, I don't know why. <laughs> All of the above. But now another young, vaguely brown man is breaking into my <laughs> home. <laughs> and let me tell you, his side door is not easy to open. It's not. It's tricky. It's like it's got a top thing and then mm-hmm. a bottom thing and the top thing it looks it's like stuck. So Remi- I was like, oh, reminded shit. You, reminded you of prom night all over again, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. Gotta flick those fingers. You gotta figure it out. You gotta figure uh, it out. But son. I walked right in the back door like I own the place. Yeah. That's what I did. And I heard a sound that, in hindsight, I know is my sliding patio door, but I couldn't place it right away. And I was just outside, so I knew my neighbors were there. So I was like, Some- someone didn't just walk in, did they? <laughs> and I was sitting on my floor. And before I could piece it together, I saw your puss out there looking at me. <laughs> I win. I win today. Breaking and entering. Yes, sir. Breaking and now, entering. It did cross my mind, like, what if I'm coming into the right, the wrong house? Because all the houses around here look vaguely similar, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I purposely parked on the far side of your driveway. Smart. Because I was like, I don't want him to see me. Yeah. And I was like, halfway God, God through forbid your backyard, I show I up like, on the ring doorbell. <laughs> But I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, my gosh, if if all, gonna get all his neighbors are probably like have me on their video cameras right now, sneaking in through the back door. Right. So, yeah, Without or through doubt. the side door, I should say. Just as long as you did it at the right time of day. That's, this is how we started was our, our new mandate, our curfew. Yeah. I can't wait to. It's like, stupid. I'm, I'm on the I, I'm glad the sheriffs decided they weren't going to enforce it because I would hate to think that I'd be on. I explained to somebody that I'm on probation because I got caught sneaking out of my house at 34. <laughs> I'm 34 years old. Yeah, I got to pay a fine. I snuck out and took the car out all night. Are, are you 15? No, I'm 34 years no, old. I'm, I'm 38. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm 15 two and a half times, actually. Look, I'm middle left. Uh, I, you know, I vote Democrat. I'm, I'm not you a fan. You have a big D on your hat I, today. I'm not. Yeah, I do. That's why I brought, and it's blue. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Uh, about to have a big. I D can't say it. I'm a big Newsom fan. Uh, governor of California. Isn't fan. that the biggest bummer that you're not a Newsom fan? Because I wanted to be a Newsom fan. Yeah, there's something. He's there's, got nice hair. He's charming. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, they, that's my governor. He I'm, used to I, yuck it up with Bill Maher when he was the lieutenant governor. He did knew he? his place when Jerry Brown was the governor. He knew his place. And that's all gone away now. Now he's like banging his friends' wives. That was old. That was yeah. That was old times. Yeah. So, but so I don't really agree with the guy. I think we're taking it a little too far now. Uh, I think I'm, or maybe I'm the, just tired of it. Is that the mandate or banging your friend's wife? <laughs> and this and I'm not asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is important for me to know because Lexi's on her way over. <laughs> No, that I'm cool. <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> hey, things happen. Hey, things no, I, happen. Hey, no, I get it. Look, I understand that sometimes you end up in places you didn't think you were going to end up, and you do things you didn't think you were going to do, but here we are. Do you know who Gavin Newsom's ex is? It's somebody famous, right? Kind of. Who is she? Is it uh, the lady from Step by Step? No, not Step by Step. Uh, Full House. Which one? Uh, Aunt Becky. No, not Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky was married to Uncle Jesse. But Aunt, but doesn't Duh. doesn't she look like he'd date him? Yes. Like they look like it, they'd be a political couple. That's right. Like, yeah, so. And she would wear one of those Under Armour zip up tank or uh, uh, turtlenecks. Oh, I kind of to the grocery store every five hours. I kind of did it for me. You like that? <laughs> I kinda, yeah, you're I into kinda, that. I was like, you know, you know what my type you is. You love a suburban. Do white you know? Mom do you know what my type fall- is? I'm going to tell you. You like a suburban young white mom who's falling apart on the inside <laughs> look 
Go to Home Goods. <laughs> Tuesday, yeah. one o'clock. Yeah. Go there and just you, look around, and all that is my type. You like a fair skinned, <laughs> fair skinned with black, blackish dark brown hair. It, yeah, in a track jacket, um, who's going through a divorce. Maybe you got a dad hat on. <clears throat> I, I'm into it. Nice. Who do you, what do you think my type is? If you had to place it, uh, now or then? I feel like there's Anytime. two. I, I feel like there's shit. two of you. There's two of me. I feel like there's because we've talked a little bit about this. The the uh, Missouri, the, like the rural Kansas. Hot. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, you know maybe where mine shaft hot. Yeah, like you know saved up their money to get some bedazzles on their pants. Coal miner's yeah, daughter. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely that. Um, I always say prom queen of button willow two thousand eight. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're with your type right now. Brown. Brown. I think brown. <laughs> brown. Uh, I, I think I think brown. I think exotic. Yeah. I think uh almost like the opposite of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I'm a bit exotic. Yeah, you're okay. I'm more exotic than you. And you're supposed to be exotic. I am exotic. Thank you very much. So Show exotic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um Gavin Newsom's ex is named Kimberly Guilfoyle. Fun fact about her, she is now, I believe, the wife or the fiance of Donald Trump Jr. Interesting. Very interesting. Like you can't find Muy like interesante. anybody. Like they're they're like millionaires, right? Like of, you can't But that's a baller move by Kimberly Guilfoyle. Things don't work out. With the Democratic Wonderkind, okay, I'm gonna shift over to the conservative Wonderkind, and he can grow scuffle, he grows stubble on his beard, and he can slick his hair back, bitch. That guy looks like a bad guy in a movie. Maybe his teeth aren't as nice, but he knows how to hunt. And Newsom's definitely got him in the looks category, for sure. <sighs> Newsom's got that like, uh, like who's the guy who was in The Hangover? The guy, Zach uh, Galifianakis, <laughs> <laughs> Brad. I don't know. Oh, Bradley Cooper. There you go. He's got some Bradley, like the eh. same kind of charisma in politics. Yeah, but like, in like politics. the same kind of charisma. Like, I'll never like forget. Bradley Cooper would play Gavin Newsom in a movie for sure. But he should, yes. But they always say politics is Hollywood for ugly people. So he's he's the politician Bradley Cooper, but he's not. Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper. Like, I'll never forget this. When I was in school, I heard overheard one girl talking to another girl about some guy. And she goes, it, it's like, he's hot. And the other girl goes, is he really hot or is he just law school hot? And I, oh, it made me laugh, but it also made me go, that hurts a little bit. Because <laughs> they're not even talking about, about you. Me. Yeah. yeah. So if he's law school hot, I must be somewhere down on the totem pole of whatever they consider that. You're just in law school. I'm just lost. You're just law school I'm person. lost. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he may have him in the looks department, but I just think it's a cool, I think it's a cool move. It's to, a it's a baller move. It's a baller move, right? Like I'm just yeah. gonna hey, I'm gonna move sides. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get closer to the presidency than you'll ever get. Damn right? right. And my new man could chop a tree down, punk. Is that what he does? And he, he stays trees? out. And he stays out past 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> he's and not, then, but then Newsom like broke all his own rules. He's he's the worst. And I really I, I understand him, it. I used to watch him on Bill Maher, and I was he was my boyfriend back then. Because he was all s slick and charming. And then 
when he ascended to the governorship, um, he came out, well, uh, it's work stuff, but let's just say I started to learn about, uh, about the disingenuousness of the man when he came out here. Yeah, he's in politics. He's in politics. But yeah. I just didn't know. I didn't know it was going to be like that. And so... <laughs> like, you're scorned. <laughs> Look, I I don't know what... I, I loved him, and I, I just... I found out who he really was. So now I'm hooking up with Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Jr. We want Jerry Brown back. Yeah, dude, I miss Jerry Brown. But yeah, so now here's the best part. He comes out with whatever he's got going on, and then the San Francisco Chronicle does an article that says that he was at a birthday party, I think in Napa, with a bunch of people, and they were not observing social distancing. Go ahead. Not just not just Napa. He was at the French Laundry. Which means what? The French Laundry is a three-star Michelin restaurant. It is, a what? It is, Mi- Michelin? Yeah, three-star Michelin restaurant. There you go, Michelin. Uh, whatever. And Mich- Michelin. I think, it's, it, I think it was even voted the best restaurant in America like three or four years in a row. It should have a better name. French Laundry sounds awful. Yeah, no, it does. It sounds disgusting. It sounds like it's a bunch of plates that nobody wants to eat. But you know what's on my bucket list? Eating at the French Laundry. Really? You See, this it's, goes back to your musical thing. I like it. I want to I wanna eat at the French Laundry. Maybe a little tasting menu. Maybe some good wine. Maybe some good company. But most of my friends are like me. They're poor. So it's probably not going to happen. You want access, but it would be nice. You want access to a culture that will never accept you. And you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hallmark of you. <laughs> That's what you want. Look, I'm going to make it happen. You want them to. We're going to do a podcast live from the French Laundry. You want the one percenters to invite you to a party you would never go to. No, I don't want them to invite me. I want to show up and mess their party up. That's what I want to do. I want them to be like, you know who I am? I'm the one percent. What is that guy doing here? Yeah. Right. And I want to be like, yeah, me. Yeah. I'm here. He's the guy who brought. I can't afford to be here, but I'm here. He's the guy who brought all the balls to this (laughs) party. So the San Francisco Chronicle comes out and, f- and states that he was at a party at French Laundry, a very swanky restaurant. Very swanky. And We're then, talking like $800 a, a person swanky. Then Gavi comes out during a video press conference with the most disingenuous smile I've ever seen in my life. He's like, hey, guys, I did go out and uh, and then like d- alleviates all responsibility. But I got to own that. So he's just yeah, like yeah, a, bunch just of, a bunch of excuses. But I got to own that. And I am I am sorry. And I will do better. But we were outdoors, and I was just next to my wife. And then the next day, the Chronicle comes out and goes, oh, hey, we have pictures. And he was indoors, and he was next to a lot of people. And the people he was next to were the leaders of the California Medical Association. Oh, my God. You didn't see that? No, I didn't see that part. Oh, yeah. It was all of those officials that were all. So he was at a circular table with a dozen people, and they were all of there were all those associates who he's relying on to make his mask mandate and his whatever else. And the person whose party he was at is a longtime lobbyist of his. And so it it was the worst look you could ever imagine. He does not come out with a follow-up video conference. By tweet, he lets us know, I think it was yesterday, that there's a new curfew instituted. Never addresses the pictures and the scandal. Just goes, "Oh, cool. You're gonna you're gonna call me out for lying to your face. Then you're going in at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a liar. You're grounded. 
That's it's like when Street you're lights are coming on. <laughs> it's come like and it, go inside. It's like growing up when you were like, Hey dad, how come you drink so much? Go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, should you be shoving mom like that? No dessert for you. <laughs> and you're inside this weekend, mister. <laughs> And so that's where we're at. <laughs> this is life in 2020. That's man. where we're at. This is this is. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that he was. That's who he was. Whose party he was at? For the last four years, because I'm a left leaning person too. For the last four years, I've sat around and gone, "How could our party have lost the working class? It's been ten days. Yeah, this is. <laughs> it's been ten days. This is how. How could they think we're coastal elites? Ten days later. Yeah. Oh, you caught me lying? Go inside. <laughs> Everybody in the state. All right? Los Angeles, San Diego. Everybody. Maybe even some of Arizona right All there at the border. It. Everybody, right. get your ass inside. Tahoe and then that little piece of Nevada that's connected. Get inside. <laughs> <laughs> Did your dad ever call you in when you were with friends and your friends were like, hey, buddy, I think you got to go. Wait, what what happened? Like you like have you ever been called inside but you were with your friends? Oh, and like and and you have to tell them to leave. Yeah, you're like, "Hey, I got to I got to go." My it's mom, like, "Yeah, I know you got to go. Your your goddamn dad's yelling at you from my fucking mom, 100 yards away." My mom would do that, but my dad was willing to proceed with my full embarrassment in front like he encouraged an audience. Oh, it's Chrissy with his friends. All right, oh, let me. Yeah, let me go put on my wife beater really quickly and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hey, let's just make a memory. <laughs> yeah, that's right. These kids can watch us get into it. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like just punishment, teasing. Like I had the biggest crush on my neighbor as a young teenager, and he'd love to have an audience for for him to say to me, "You ain't never gonna get near that kid." I'm like 15, 14. Oh my god. I was gosh. like fourteen. You ain't never gonna get near that kid. Give it up. Yeah, give it up. She ain't into you, but she's Missouri, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. She ain't into you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing you wanted to talk about was hair dye. Oh, my gosh. Please take this in the direction you'd like it to go. And I can't wait to talk about this. So let me tell you, I uh, I am a man who started going gray pretty early. How old? Uh, I started getting grays at like 19. Do you remember the first kid you knew who went bald? Yeah. What was early his name? Early 20s. What was his name? Uh, you know what? I take that back. There's a kid named Scott in high school. We are like Scott in high school. Yeah, you were, it, like where I was like, is that oh, Danish? this guy, this guy, Scott he's, in he's high losing school? it. He's losing it. Like I remember a kid when I was eleven or twelve years old started losing his hair. Do you ever go back and look at your old yearbooks or anything, and you're like, yeah, how did I see that coming? Like that guy's obviously bald. Like no, he looked like he was balding in eighth grade. We played fifth or sixth grade basketball together, and I was like, that kid is already losing his hair. I can't understand how that happens. Jeez, that's brutal. Yep, <clears throat> and it never stopped. It and just it's kept just all on receding. Gone. We went to college together. We went to the same college. And I would see him. We weren't friends because I didn't have friends in high school. And so and then I went to college and all like the all the friends group from my hometown, the school I went to until I was like a sophomore or junior, North Schuylkill. It was the nicer school. They <laughs> all stuck together like a group of buddy boys. And I didn't fit in. So I actually got to meet people in other places who were way cooler. Yeah, God forbid. Because I was a loser growing yeah. up. I had the benefit of being a loser, so I wasn't stuck with a bunch of squares for the remainder of my life. Well, I would see him at the same college, and he was there with the squares, and every time I saw him, he was a little bit balder, and that made me happy. Like, hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. 
Yeah, look what's yeah. going on up top. Yeah. Check that out. What you have in friendship, you've Check. lost in follicles, bitch. It <laughs> <laughs> needs to be on a shirt. <laughs> Hashtag. Friendship or follicles? <laughs> Hashtag friends or follicles. <laughs> Hashtag followers or follicles. <laughs> you have more followers so than follicles. Going gray. Go ahead. Uh, I started going gray at like 18, 19. I still have, I have a ton of gray. Uh, over the last three years of my life, oh. almost my whole chin has gotten gray on I, me. I've gotten so ugly in the past year. I can't. I'm, I'm starting to go gray. I'm starting to get these, like they're, just spots. They're yeah. Are you mentioning that because you're dealing with it, or have you noticed it on my face? No, I I've got them. Yeah, I've got them. Where it's like. Do you know how you look at an old person? You're like, how did that Where'd happen? That, what like, even is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what what, what is going on? Every your, time I shave my your face. cranium that it's just like all. And then and then it happened to me. And I'm like, oh, this is like that first step of. Yeah. And in little by little. Yeah. Just more unpleasantries. Every time I shave my face, I'm like, what is that on my cheek? It's not a mole and it's not an ingrown hair and it's not a pimple. And I haven't been out in the sun in three weeks. It's just what your the face is... now. God. It's brutal. It shouldn't happen at 34. It's brutal, Like, man. my face... What's my face... I'm just going to be one big boil by the time I'm 60. <laughs> <laughs> it, start, it starts... Well, I think 30 is when it starts. Like Great. Right, because, I mean, think back. Think back to, like, when you were younger and you knew 30-year-olds, like uncles aunts whatever i remember when my brother turned 30 i was 24 and i remember being like god it's basically over for him and now i'm four years past that and you were right it was, is basically was, over for us. i was 24 when he was 30 now i'm 30 four. four and i've got a 15 year old brother so i i think back and i go what must he see when he sees me like what must he like? Basically, I'm his grandfather. Yeah, he's like, oh, this, this, this is an old dude. Yeah. Like, but think about this. Think about how fast fifteen to thirty-four felt for you, right? It was long. Really? Yeah. I feel like it was fast for me now. So I think of fifteen-year-olds now that it's gonna happen that fast, and then I'm thirty-four. Right. I'm thirty-five now. I'm gonna be like, well, ah, now I'm that, old. Now that you're here, it feels fast. But like when you go back to the age fifteen and then sixteen and then seventeen, and your twenties are a flash. Like when you think about your, when you go back to when you were twenty three, you don't like for me. I don't think like that was just yesterday. That feels like four lifetimes ago. That's not even me anymore. Well, okay, I'll take this back. I'll fuck yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me walk yeah. this back a little bit. Yeah, you walk it back. The person we called him out for his inconsistencies. <laughs> He's a liar and a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Who you were at 23 and who you are now is obviously way different. Um, but not like, not in time. Like in time. <laughs> like think about it. That's It's 11 years. <laughs> 11 it's years. It's still 2009. You're just okay. a different guy. It's 11 years. I've been doing comedy for like 11 years. Yeah. And it feels like I just started That's sometimes. True. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So it's I guess it just depends what you're measuring and what you're looking at. Right. But I look back and I'll watch like an old like NBA game or something and it'll be like, yeah, this guy's uh, wow. 31. And I'm like, geez, that guy looks like he's 50. Yeah. And I'm like, and I look at them now and I'm like, God, they're like death. Yeah. 
And it's like, do I look like that guy? And back then, you can't even see them because it's it's still analog TV is what they had it on. So you, you got yeah, you realize how old it you is. are. I mean, look at Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> oh, guy wow. was twenty six year old, twenty six years old, and you're like, you look at him and you're like, I still look at him during that time, and I'm like, yeah, that guy's older than me. Not yeah, but, not now. I mean, that guy yeah. that I'm looking at right now is yeah. older than me. But that's a different thing, because even today you see that. If you watch Alabama versus Clemson and look at the offensive line, you're like, well, they're 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you watch basketball? Like, in basketball, though, it's almost the, the exact opposite, yes. where it's like, oh, this guy was in high school last year. Right. Last year, this guy was in high school. Right. Uh, it's just nuts. Like. Right. I, the yeah. NBA draft was recently, and I was like, wait, this guy got drafted? He looks like he's 10. And he's 10. And it suspends your understanding and forgiveness of your own development. When I look at Jamal Murray, who's 24, and I'm like, he should be able to lead a team by now. <laughs> <laughs> and I still can't get promoted to supervisor <laughs> yeah. of a 12-person of a department, and I'm 34 years old, and I'm like... This guy needs to take over the franchise. <laughs> I mean, you're the whole in, league. You've been in the league four years, for Christ's sake. <laughs> when are you going to get to the next level? <laughs> and here we are. And then I interview for a job, and they're like, hey, you put the wrong company in your cover letter. And I'm like, ah, sorry. I'm only <laughs> Did that really happen? Oh, yeah, that happened. That happened. Oh. Cover letters are a whole other thing. Nobody really pays attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> including you, obviously. Unfortunately, including me. So you put, like, the wrong company you were applying for. Yeah. In a cover letter. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. And I found out, I realized I did it. After you submitted? The night before the interview. So I submitted, and then they're like, hey, we'd like to bring you in for an interview. And I'm like, great. And just to do my due diligence, and this was a week later. To do my due diligence the night before the interview, or even just to be like, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd to like do to, my due diligence the night before the interview. Yeah, I'd like to. Maybe it was even just like I'd like to admire my work and just see what they saw in me. And I pulled up my cover letter, and it's a completely different business that I put addressed to the cover letter. And I'm like, well, I, now I'm just going in ceremonially. They're just going to toss me out. <laughs> <laughs> like Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And did they tell you that you put a different company name on the cover letter? Not then. We went. Th they were very gracious. We went through a full interview and whatever. And then when I got brought back, um, I'm not going to spoiler alert because I've got to be quiet. But when I got brought back for particular reasons, and it was like a not the pressure was off. Then they were like, "Hey." just want to bring up to you by the way now that this is all said and done and we're like we're in good shape with each other you we notice because <laughs> <laughs> i corrected it and sent it back to the to the they're like, no, to the late. admin and i was like hey i had a typo can you and i was just hoping she would reprint it and then not give it till that day and then in the interview, I saw people had the cover letter out, but I couldn't see if it was the old one or the new one. Oh, my God. So I just had to plow. Brutal. But we're comics. So I'm used to navigating embarrassment and feigning comfort and complete discomfort. And I'm like, there's, there's nothing that could happen in this room that could lead you all to deal with awkwardness better than I do. Yeah, I, that's true. I live in it. Yep. I am awkwardness. All the time, baby, 24-7. And uh, yes, I've spent the entirety of my adult life being embarrassed so you can't break my stride with that i can i can just 
Do you, again, we're talking about the Trump thing. I could turn the heat up on this fire. Uh, I can build up. <laughs> I'll build up this Jenga tower to the <laughs> ceiling waiting for one of you to knock it down. And we'll see what happens. So I just I just stayed in the pocket of it. And I'm guessing that's what worked out for me. Um, and these people saw me do comedy, by the way. Oh. Like half of them. So I was like, the interview's over here, too. Yeah. These if you've ever seen what I have to say about anything, you'd be like, well, that's not the guy. Well, that guy shouldn't be the guy for anything. So that gave me that gave me the confidence, too, of like, if they've seen the realist of me and they still wanted to talk, I can still ha- I could still win this thing. Yeah, I, I got a shot. Long story short, hair dye. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have on that? The Mayor Giuliani. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Let me tell you. Let me as a, my mother's been dyeing her hair since I was 10. Sorry. Right? Sorry Mama Allen for Joe putting you on blast like this. <laughs> I know you're an avid listener. And she doesn't do she doesn't go to a salon. She doesn't go to a beauty shop. She doesn't pay someone to do her hair. She goes to the grocery store and buys that she box. She buys a do, like the Dollar L'Oreal like puts it on thick boy and she will carry a full <laughs> conversation like i've gone to her house puts it on thick boy yeah she i, I love that i've gone to her house and she steps out with her hair dye gloves on oh yeah wearing like uh like like a moo moo nice and she will have me there for two hours and host us and all the while that the dye is just sitting on her hair and if it's hot, it'll run down. Oh. Right? Yeah. Or if you just put too much, which she does, it'll run down. And what I'm used to saying is, like, my mom with these, like, gray areas around. Like, and she I, she does an amazing job getting it off when she cleans it out. Yes. But I'm used to, like, what that color is. Like, I'm okay. familiar with that. I know what that is. And there was a while there where I, I was toying with, oh, maybe I should just kind of spray my beard a little bit and just, yeah. you know, just... You know, I'm okay with the gray, but I don't want all the gray. Sure. And then I tried the spray once, uh, once. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't for me because I started to get that that patch where it's like, oh, I'm just coloring my skin. Can I ask you a weird question? Go for it. Where do you have more grays? Chin? Balls. Chin. Nice. Close second is nice. balls. Close second is <laughs> balls. I wonder Close why. Second. I wonder why your chin's aging faster than your balls. Yeah, it's really weird. Maybe it's, it's just, just two kids. It's just the chin. It's maybe like it's, right here. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the kids. They're like, you know, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hang in here, <laughs> in case we need one more. <laughs> just in case, mm-hmm. case um, one, in case these first two kids don't have a jump shot. <laughs> one of them's gonna be successful. Come on, right? Um, so when I watched that the thing online where it showed Giuliani with that sweat coming down, who had just had a fresh dye job, I was like immediately as soon as i seen that trickling down i was like oh i know exactly what that is i don't have to question it i don't have to wonder i've seen that exact drip Rick coming Flair, off Rick flair Jeff, drip <laughs> yeah. rudy giuliani drip that, that, that drip baby got that drip baby got that drip. <laughs> all right so but your first I, thought was i i i loved it buddy <clears throat> i enjoyed it mom yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I was like, oh, I know what that is. Like, you know, have you ever had like a, a like a piece of information that you thought was useless? Yes. And then one day, it like somebody brings something up, and you can finally use this piece of information, and you like just jump on it. You just explained this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's exactly what that felt like. like. I was like, I know what that is. Like, I know exactly what that is, so, and I felt excited. So based on your expertise, how recent must that dye oh, job have been? That dude was getting dyed literally right before he stepped on stage, 100%. And my guess is it's like a spray thing. It's not like a thing. And then I started looking at the man, right? And I was like, oh, like, yeah, that's that's definitely, like, this dude's been doing that for a while. Because you can tell his face doesn't match his hair in an unnatural way. There's some, I've got, like, uncles who have, like, jet black hair and they're, like, sex, 60. <laughs> and sexy. <laughs> sexy and 60. Um, I got uncles who have jet black hair and they're, like, sexy. <laughs> Oh, Tio. Hi, <laughs> Tio. His uncles are not sexy. They're mildly attractive at best. I was a Navy SEAL. I have white hair. Remember me. And I'm sexy as all get out. The women's ovaries quiver when they see me. And I've had Santa Claus hair for years. I want you to use... Never mind. So... Your first thought was mom and expertise. 100%. My first thought was arrogance. The sheer, no. the sheer, here's why. The sheer arrogance and delusion of a man. Forget, for, again, forget politics, but as to a man. The arrogance and delusion that a man like Rudy Giuliani must have to walk around all day, every day of his life, looking like Rudy Giuliani, to have his weird head and beady eyes and out-of-shape body and strange-looking teeth and odd-looking maybe spray tan but yellowish-orange complexion to look at himself in the mirror before he goes out to give a press conference about a dispute for an election and to see his alien-like face and body and look <laughs> at that and look at that and go, the American people can't see me with all these grays. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go out there with all this salt and let's, pepper. Let's touch this up. What are all the suburban moms going to do if I go out there with this gray? Like oh. who... Could you imagine looking like Rudy Giuliani and going, I got to touch up this hair? Like, I how many fix this. How many things on your list would you have to get to before you go, I got to dye my hair? <laughs> how about a sit-up? <laughs> how about just one sit-up? How about jump on the stepper for four minutes during this election cycle? Does he look like he's ever done anything to approve his health or appearance since 9-11? No, he's he's probably had too much money. Not a bit. Too much money. He, Not doesn't, a have, bit. he doesn't have to worry but about it. But something about him went, I've got to put shoe polish on my head right now or else people won't take me oh. seriously. I just love the, the comedy of it all. The Four Seasons Hotel landscape thing. Great. Him getting caught by Borat. Uh, him with the hair dye I don't thing. blame him for that Borat thing. I don't blame him, but <laughs> I think one, it's hilarious. For one... Um, it's tough to know whether he was being super creepy or not. But number two is if you watch that interview, she was like doing the things that someone does when they come on to a person. And if you're an 89-year-old tortoise like Rudy Giuliani is, when is the next chance for a blonde 22-year-old uh, model 
to rub your thigh like that. <laughs> this is his last chance at OK Corral. So I don't know if he was being creepy, but if he felt like she, it looked like he was being propositioned, I get it being like, I, this is my last chance. Hey, get it, try it. This is my last chance. No, I get it. But what I'm saying, it's still hilarious. It's awful. Like they've had <laughs> such a run of bad luck yeah. uh, that I find it just comical. It was a tough. It was a tough month. It was. Oh, gosh. That guy, like, he's definitely on my list for 2021. Like, he's not leaving 2021, baby. Yeah. He's on the death list. He's going to be around. He's, he's, oh, you think he's going to die? No, I think he's going to die. Interesting. Like, yeah, so that's... I, I We should explain at some point what the 2021 death list is. I don't, I don't think he's going to die because I watched half of that press conference where his head started to drip, and he was pretty sharp for the first half of it that I watched which also brings into suspicion whoever it was that caught the drip because I watched half of it, and then I was like, okay, this is over for me. Someone watched an hour worth of Rudy Giuliani talking just to see if he would screw up, and for the first 25 to 35 minutes, he did not. And they're like, no, we're going to get something. It's like, who's that guy? What a dork snitch. So, like, I'm glad we've got the Rudy Giuliani footage, but whoever found that, I'm like, you're a loser. I think it's hilarious. You're a loser. He looks like uh, who's the the Spider-Man nemesis, Venom? <laughs> like the, all that blanks. You're like, oh my gosh, I found, it was just fun. So today, well, yesterday was the 16 year anniversary of the Malice at the Palace. 16 years, baby. That was a big day for me. Did you watch it live like I did? Why was that a big I, day for I, you? I, I didn't watch it live. So the, the reason I remember the malice at the palace outside of being the malice at the palace. Um, I guess we should explain what it is really quickly. Indiana Placer, Pacers played Detroit Pistons in Detroit at the palace at Auburn Hills, which is a pretty rugged joint. And they get into a scuffle at the end of the game. The Pacers are winning. Ron Artest is in a bit of a scuffle with Ben Wallace, which historically happened a bunch of times. He lays down on a scorer's table while the scuffle is sorted out. Someone throws a beer from the stands onto his chest, a cup of beer. It hits his chest. He runs into the stands, attacks the crowd member. The crowd starts to attack Ron Artest. Uh, three or four of the Indiana Pacers go into the crowd and beat up the entire crowd. It, the whole crowd. The whole crowd. Everybody. In I got a yeah, I've got a weird joke about it of why I think they're, why I think they're the best athletes in the world and soccer is not a sport. <laughs> it's a good joke. Thanks. <laughs> um, so the, the, the night that happened, it happened. Uh, I was in Florida uh, for one of my cousin's weddings in Tampa Bay. Wait, the wedding of one of your cousin or the, one of your cousins? Like your cousin's been and had multiple weddings. The wedding of one of my cousins. Okay. Okay. And it was the very first night in my life that I had alcohol. Was the same night as maybe Malice someone at the will Palace. get beat up at a sporting event tonight. <laughs> maybe, uh, and uh, the night I almost got my ass kicked by some guy because I by had Ron too much Artest. alcohol, <laughs> and I started mouthing off to somebody who looked like they were thirty three years old and could easily whoop my ass because the Forty ers were playing the next day in Tampa Bay. You were nine, eighteen, or nineteen on this particular day because you're a few months older than me, so you were eighteen. What What year was it? Two thousand four. Yeah, I was like 19, 18, 19. 18, 19. 18, 19. Okay. Yeah. I was 17, 18. Yeah, first time I ever had alcohol was that night. Mm. Um, Bad boy. Cops, get him. But it was an amazing, like, 
that night it was first time I had alcohol, but the malice at the palace was like, oh my gosh. Like imagine if that happened today. Yeah. Imagine like what would happen online, Twitter, like everything. By the way, how great was the first time being drunk? That you almost got yourself beat up. The first time I got drunk, I almost got myself beat up at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> what, what, what were you drinking? We were drinking vodka and something. And I was, I was with a group. We went to senior week at the Jersey Shore. I was 18. <clears throat> and one of the kids was like the cool kid in high school who works in a factory now. That's what, the, that's what happens to all cool kids. <laughs> and he was super cool. And I wanted to be his friend. And he got drunk on vodka, and he always said he got confrontational when he drank vodka. I drank vodka, and so we, we're walking on the boardwalk, and a lot of people were just stopped talking to each other. And for some reason, he got this thing where it was like, we're just going to walk into people if they're in our way. Oh, my God. And so he, but he that was a big guy. guy. He played, like, he was a high school football player. He was as big as he was going to be at 18 years old. I certainly was not. And so he walked like through a shoulder into somebody as we're walking, kept going. One of the other guys in our group did it and kept going. Then it came to be my turn and I'm walking. And one of the biggest guys I ever seen in my life is just right there. And I'm like, but I'm drunk. And I just shoulder into this dude. Right. And everyone's like, ah, like everybody's laughing. And then from, from my periphery, I feel the guy turn around and look at me. And he's like, oh, this isn't going to stand. I feel him walking behind, like approaching me from behind. and I, But I don't want to look like a punk. So I'm like, let's just walk a little faster. And so I just start walking a little faster, a little faster. I'm like, I'm about to die right now because this is a man. Yeah. I walked into a man. This is a, this I'm is a, a dude. I'm a boy. I'm a You're bo- 17, 18. Yeah, but I'm a boy even for 17. Like I'm not ready for this. I'm, I'm not about this life at the particular moment. And he's gaining on me. And so I just start walking a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And at some point, he just drops off. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to live through this moment. And is that what happened? He just yes. he gave he up? Just, he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to beat up a kid on the boardwalk. I'm just going to go enjoy my time. Because that that's what I would do right now. As a man who, as a formidable man now, if somebody did that to me on a boardwalk, I would go animal brain for two steps and go, I'm going to kill this kid. And then I would go, wait a minute, you got a mortgage and a job and a life. Don't give this up to beat up a 17-year-old. Let's just go have an ice cream. But you, it would ruin your day. No, I'd be okay. Oh. I, I'd be okay after okay. that. And Yeah, I'd be okay after that. Um, <clears throat> so I, I was saved. But I remember the feeling as I was about to shoulder into that guy. Is like I felt like a superhero. Until I felt him on, on, on my shoulder. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, sh- yeah. I guess he's not. I guess because I'm drunk, that has no impact on him. Yeah. As, as it turns out, that's the way that works. Yeah. So how um, did you almost get beat up? Uh, so the uh, we were in Tampa Bay. That's where the wedding was. And the 49ers were playing the Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Bucks the next day. Nice. And I was wearing a 49ers jersey. This was after the wedding. We had gone back to the hotel room. <laughs> this was at the changed. reception. Yeah. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a club inside of the hotel room. Yeah. Or not the hotel room, the hotel. Yeah. And so we're all just kind of hanging out in the lobby. I'm wearing my 49ers fucking jersey. And everybody's going into the club, and this is Tampa Bay, so obviously there's a lot of Tampa Bay fans. But And this guy comes up to me, or he's just kind of walking by. I'm sure, you know, just whatever, see some kid, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he's just like, hey, go Bucks. And 
I was not having it because I was super drunk. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> in Tampa. In Tampa, That's baby. Great. This is an away game. That's great. And uh, nothing happened. Like the guy, you know, his, his friends grabbed him. They're like, just leave him alone, man. Just, it's fine. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my gosh. Like, thank God you did it in Tampa. Because if you did it in like Oakland, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. You know, I would have got my ass whooped. You know, yeah. Look, I'm not really a fighter. I'm like more like a words guy. <laughs> so <laughs> more of like a logical thinker. That's amazing that that's what you were doing during the Malice at the Palace. Well, so I remember uh, going back to my hotel room drunk and then turning on ESPN. Oh. And then seeing everything. And I was like, like, holy shit. It's one of those weird things where the bounds of society break and you feel like the world is ending. It's silly, but you're like, like everything I know about order, like for a very brief second, and this is a much smaller scale, but for a very brief second, when you get to an intersection and all of the stoplights are broken, you go, oh, yeah. This could all fall apart really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And I remember watching that. I was live. I was watching it live. I was being broken up with on over the phone as it happened. I like that you're just in. Uh, you are watching a midseason Pacers Pistons game. Yep. Uh, just randomly yep. in the middle of the season. Getting I was broken up with. I was in one half of a bunk bed that was separated into a bedroom with plywood as floors. Uh, with no carpet and sheetrock as walls with no wall. Um, and I was being broken up with over the phone on a cordless phone, I believe. It might have been it might have been my cell phone, but I'm pretty sure it was a cordless phone. I was getting dumped. And halfway through me getting dumped is when the fight broke out. And I, was, I just started narrating it. I just started narrating what was going on because I was, su- I was in such disbelief. Oh, yeah, shit. I just started discussing, and it bought me a few days before getting officially broken up with. <laughs> You're like, well, I can't break up with him now. Mouse yeah. at the palace happened. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We On our f- test, threw a hook at somebody. We got to find out if Jermaine O'Neal is going to be able to finish the season. Yeah, that was brutal, man. And so, but it was, it was wild. And for us, it was right when we were coming of age. We've got a connection with it. We were like really engaged in basketball and all that, and it was a big deal. And now kids, now... To see that for the first time, probably can't believe that ever even. You couldn't even imagine that happening. Today. No, that's the cra- that was the crazy thing about it was it. There's never been anything like it in sports before or since. No. Like it's it's its own. And like there's ne- an obvious divide when you go to sporting. There's them and there's us. Like we're here to watch them. They're the, the way, athletes. They're the ones that there never will be because after the malice at the palace, the Detroit Pistons moved their arena like forty miles outside of the city. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They're not like, just like at most cities, most cities with a new stadium, they ain't in. Yeah, it's not in the actual city. Yeah. Not a whole lot of Detroit's going to Pistons games anymore. Yeah. But back then, it was Detroit. And the city's team was like the city. It was hard-nosed. And Indiana was a hard-nosed. Like Ron Artest. Like I said, Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. Steven Jackson. Like dudes who will punch you in the face. Yeah, that's not that's not the, those aren't the guys. It was a very it was a very rare time in the NBA of dudes who could actually fight because NBA players are second only to Major League Baseball players as the worst fighters on the planet. Yeah, every NBA fight sucks for being the biggest freak alien looking like athletes you've ever seen in your life. They are terrible fighters. Well, they're so big. It's like how you 
it's tough to get coordinated. By the way, you can watch NBA fight videos for six hours, and there's there's great fight videos. Nobody ever connects. There's only three good punches. That <laughs> yeah, nobody. Thrown. And one of them was like big punch to coach. And, and I'm pretty sure all <laughs> of them, yeah. I'm pretty sure all of them were thrown by Jamal Mashburn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or Isaiah Ryder. Right, yeah, it was all like terrible, terrible, terrible. I, re- I, I can't imagine that happening today, but not only just in general that event, but what would happen in like social media. Like, imagine the memes coming out of that. Imagine, like, oh, imagine the shit that guy would get who threw the who threw the Pepsi. Think about this. Like, we would know everything about that guy if that happened yesterday. Today, we would know who he's married to. All of his exes would have came out of the woodwork to say that he was either abusive or something. We'd right? know who he voted for. He would have been fired. He'd have a YouTube channel. Yeah, he he would have been fired. Like one hundred percent. I don't know what happened to the yeah. guy, but he would have been fired for he, sure. He'd have been fired, but he he would have he would have two hundred thousand Twitter followers. Think about this. And if it happened today, maybe he'd have people that are like, you know what? He has every right to do that. Pre-camera phone. Imagine was how that pre-camera phone? It's not pre-camera phone the way we have today. They didn't take video. Yeah. Think about how many angles and different clips we would have had. Like we were robbed. Oh my gosh! I wish that we were robbed of the greatest breakdown incident in the history of sports. Well, imagine how much stuff has happened pre-camera phone that like people to this day are telling stories about, and they just there's just no proof, and it's like you see something amazing, and it's like, look, no, I swear, (laughs) like I swear, it's like, no, let me see your tape, and it's like, look, no, it it happened in '98, and it's like, no. Like it's just like it Biggie happen. and Pac. Like, how much people do you think would have had their phones out if you knew Tupac was driving by, mm-hmm. just to get right? Like, right. Everything. Like JFK. We would have known who did that. Like, it's just like JFK. Hey, hey, Dealey Plaza. Guy <laughs> <laughs> in the umbrella. It's true though. Yeah. So we we missed out on a big one. Yeah, and we were missing out on so much other crap that I just wish. That I- people that film for i know speaking of beefs i told you i'd explain this to you versus battle this week between young jeezy and gucci Mane. you are gonna have to explain that to me because i have no idea what that is now maybe i'm just at that age so maybe i'm disconnected let me just break it out real quick you don't know what a versus battle is right correct you do you know who young jeezy is it's not jeezy it's It's young jeezy it's jeezy but it used to be young jeezy Okay, yeah, so, so I know now. Jeezy. Do you know who Gucci Mane is? I do not know Gucci. So he's, I, a, he's a rapper. I know the guy. Like, I've heard it. I've, you know, but I don't, like, if you put on a song, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know who that is. All right, so a versus battle started during quarantine where they'll take two classic artists and they'll pit them against each other. Is Gucci Mane a classic artist? He's, he's know, a guy. He's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy. They need to, they need to fill time. But I'll tell you the significance in a minute. So they'll put two artists together, usually hip-hop artists. They play a list of their own songs via DJ. They just kind of enjoy their own shit in front of each other. And then an audience watches and votes on who had the best bangers head-to-head. So they vote on music that they're listening to? They vote on music they've made. Okay. They vote on music that they've made. So let's say like Lil Wayne versus Jay-Z and Lil Wayne would be like, ah, oh, I came. A milli, a milli, a milli. a milli. And then Jay-Z would be like, oh, yeah, here's Hard Knock Life. Okay. 
and then the people would vote on like who got who got the who better got that heat who got song. that heat rock and they'll do like 20 songs or whatever jeez 20 songs jeez huh oh gosh that's and too much here's the significance and i'm probably going to get this wrong because i just learned of it so jeezy and gucci man had a beef like 20 years ago and jeezy put a bounty on one of gucci Mane's chains so said like i'll pay ten thousand dollars for whoever gets me gucci's chain one of his one of jeezy's people went after gucci to get the chain and gucci killed him and holy shit yeah and it's well known and that was 20 years ago and so this versus battle happens and then on twitter the day before the battle gucci's like laughing and talking shit about the guy in jeezy's camp that he killed what is he like how like as a lawyer like how you know like well currently you must remember at least for at least allegedly for the next month or so i'm still a fake lawyer (laughs) (laughs) but certainly never a criminal one um my guess is there are some uh, my guess is there are some statute of limitation issues my guess is it was never reported my guess is there could be some self-defense, or maybe he went to jail. I don't know. But yeah. it was just a story I had heard. Um, but certainly, yeah, there's probably statute of limitations issues, and he didn't directly say, hey, I killed your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet. So the night before, everybody's like, well, what's this even going to be like? They're going to be in the same room because they do it from the same yeah. room. And then they get together, and I watch the first five minutes, and I immediately turn it off because... I talked last episode about how I hate how politics comes into everything. And I hate being the guy that says that this generation's become soft. But before this beef starts, and by the way, they got to, like they squashed it afterwards, and I was happy about that. But before the thing starts, they go, before we get started, we're going to bring somebody up on the screen to give everyone a message. And on screen comes Stacey Abrams, the woman from Georgia who ran oh, for yeah. governor. yeah. To tell everybody to vote. And it's like, God, yeah, God. This is not, this is not this where that happens. Yeah. This ain't the beef. I get it, but it's like, this ain't the beef that our generation grew up. We grew up with Biggie and Pac, and these guys, like, this guy killed this other guy's friend in a beef, and now they're about to beef again, like, physically for the first time in 20 years. And they're like, before we get started, and he called him, uh, he called Jeezy a pussy like six times during this battle back and forth he's like before we get started with this dude who i killed his friend just want to remind everybody to get out and vote oh <laughs> get my out and gosh vote. flip the senate can i still watch this <laughs> yeah oh my god i'm yeah. gonna watch it before we clap at each other before we bust shots at each other get out there and vote and flip the senate <laughs> for my main man tom cotton or whoever <laughs> Let me tell you about psoriasis before this thing gets underway. Let me tell you who should be county commissioner. (laughs) Shingles affects one in every five. When when did we let these dorks take over everything? Imagine if Tupac. But was he always a dork? Imagine if Tupac came up as like, before I tell everybody how I nailed Biggie's bitch, everybody vote for Gray Davis for governor (laughs) of California. (laughs) It sucks, oh man. Oh, my gosh. It sucks. So did you actually watch the battle, though? No. Okay. No. And they, imagine being the dude who soon lost Stacey his life. Abrams, soon as Stacey Abrams came up. You were out. I'm on it. But imagine being the dude who's lost his life. 
Like, hey, yeah. I was trying to do, and now you guys are friends. Yeah. Now you guys are just friends. <laughs> I'm dead, and you guys are friends. And I'm again dead. Again, I don't know anything about young Jeezy's partner that got killed, but I imagine he does not sound like a, you doing an impression of you. I'm dead. <laughs> I tried to snatch his chain, and he blew me away with a pistol. <laughs> You do I'm dead! <laughs> you doing my impression of you. <laughs> Gucci Mane. I don't even know who that is. I tried to steal his Jesus piece. <laughs> and he shot me. Gucci! Jesus. I've got a good I'm going to have to watch that because I, I feel... I don't know, but at the same time, I feel like I would have heard about it. Like, I, I guess yeah. I did, but not really. I don't know. I'm too old, man. I um, I've got two things to leave you on unless you have anything else um do you have anything else i got nothing okay it's okay <clears throat> i think you'll be happy about both of these things yes i will first on hbo max i watched colin quinn's parking lot comedy special have you seen it i have not how was it bad of course and it made me happy yeah you're like oh this so, this is who you choose these well no they, they were Scary. no the comics were like great names and some of them are really great comics but oh it wasn't his special it was a special <clears throat> it was like eight of them okay and so like big time names and comics that i really like but it's the first time it's like the third or fourth time they performed in six months and they're doing it in a parking lot to cars they're doing it in circumstances that you and i deal with all the time all the time all the time. That's what it feels like. And they all basically all eat shit. Oh, I got to watch it. Yeah. And so it's it's such a nice like I'm pretty sure that the typical bystander watching it won't realize how much they eat it. One or two guys, yeah. But I'm pretty sure the average person won't realize it, but you'll realize it and you'll realize how nervous they get when it's not going great. <laughs> and they do they'll launch into bits that you're like that can't even go anywhere. Good. You're just and, reaching. And it's nice to watch and go, oh, yeah, you're not the best comedians in the world. You're not the funniest people in the world. You're the funniest people and best comedians where the industry is. Yes. Because, I, you know, we spend so much time going like, oh, yeah, this podcast doesn't have 20,000 listeners and I don't have a million followers and I don't have a Netflix special and I can't um, just call the comedy store and get on stage I must not be that funny. And then you see some of these people, and we know this, but the average person doesn't know, oh, yeah, they're not the funniest people in the world. They're just the funniest people in the place where you can get put in front of the world. Yep. That's, That's exactly it. it. That's it. It's it's so it's nice, nice to, to see, see them it. struggle. Yeah. And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. remember? <laughs> yeah. Remember before you were doing the comedy store and it was packed with people who were there to watch you yeah. or just in general there to watch comedy? Right. Oh, it's it's not a... It's not a right. parking. It's a parking lot right, now, where right. people are probably aren't expecting comedy. You're not going to get the reaction that you normally get inside the room all the time. That's right. I know you think you're world class, and I'm amateur. But the only difference between the two of us is four credits. Yeah, <laughs> four credits gets me in front of the crowd that sees you. That's much more friendly than the one that I got to deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big difference, boy. And then number two, you'll just find this fun because I feel like people prey on comedians. Uh, desperate and self-deprecating tendencies too much. I got randomly invited to do a radio show 
a week or two ago. Did you do it? Well, here's here we go. I got invited to do a radio show through like a, a mutual friend reached out who's a comic and said, hey, these people want to have you on their show. And I'm like, why? And I said, I don't know. And I said, why? I was like, why didn't they ask you? And they're like, I don't know. They asked for you. <laughs> it's hilarious. And so I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up and it was like, it's normally like a political show. And I'm like, I wonder what they want me for. I haven't been online in two months. Yeah. So this, per- this girl calls me and she's like, hey, I do a radio show. I'm like, great. I'd be glad to come in and do it. We do it on Fridays. Great. I'd love to come in when you do it. We do it from 10 to 12. You don't have to stay the whole time, but you can. I'd love to stay the whole time. I'm just happy you didn't ask me to do 10 minutes of jokes. No. Um, normally, we're political, but since the election happened, everything's kind of heavy right now. We'd love to bring some levity in and just have a comedian on. I'd be happy to do it. Now, for me, I know I'm doing a favor. Yeah. They probably think they're doing me a favor, but I know more people listen to this than listen to that. And I know I'm not going to get anything out of this but to just talk to some cool new people. And so I know I'm do I'm just like doing a being a nice guy. And so I say like I'll and I'm being really accommodating. Like I'll come in, I'll just do the I'll just do the two hours. And she goes, Great. Let me call you back to be sure. I've got two co-hosts. I got to run it by them because we need full approval. And so immediately, I'm oh like, my god! Yeah, now, I, yeah, now I'm like, I don't want to do it already. Yeah, you should have had that conversation before you called me, because now I feel like I'm already, I'm doing a, the favor, and now I've got to wait for you to sell me to two dipshits. I don't know. Like I can picture. I know what local, regional radio people are. They're just people who can't do what we do. I know people who've tried to do what we do, failed, and now they're regional radio <laughs> people. <laughs> I know a lot of them, and so do you. And so I'm like, I know who you guys are. You guys are mostly guys who don't have the balls to be who we are. Yep. I'm doing a solid. Now you got to sell me to the... I'm 34. I'm not 19. <laughs> I'm not going to job interview to be on a radio oh show. My gosh, so that so is now brutal. now I'm like, this is annoying. I'll, I'll call you back or text you within the hour and give you the details. This is on fr- and so I think this was Wednesday. Eight o'clock at night comes Wednesday, and I text back. I text and I say, "Hey, it's Chris, just checking to see if we're still good and if you can give me the details." silence fucking nothing so now i'm even more angry it's like if you get shut down by some, like you're a wingman and for your friend and try to buy a drink for someone and like now nah, thanks and you're like i was i didn't want to do this anyway yeah look here's the thing don't reject me yeah. i'm not the i i don't reject me i'm the one who didn't i didn't want to be here i'm sacrificing thursday night thursday goes the whole way thursday night at like 9 p.m 9 30 p.m I get a text. Hey, Chris, uh, was it Thursday night or was it Friday morning? I forget. And it, this whole thing is going down Friday. Hey, Chris, we're, just to let you know, we're good. We're ready to move forward. And I just text back. Sorry, made another commitment. Text me another time. Because now, because nice. two things, because I know they're like, I know they're like, ah, here's, here's what I know. They got me in. Here's what I'm guessing. They got me in the bank and they're like, and they didn't go, oh, great. This comedian we like is going to come do us a solid. My guess is they went, okay, we got this court gesture in the bank. Let's try to get anybody else who's any good. And if we can't, we'll have the clown in because he has no respect for himself. 
And so my guess is they spent that day trying to find somebody better. Nobody could do it. So at the end of the day, they're like, hey, clown, you come in. And then I <laughs> and never expecting that I'll say no. no. And then I say, hey, no. And now they go, oh, shit. Now we have nobody. And we're junior college kids and don't know how to carry a show for two hours and be funny. So what are we going to do now? And I know they've got a Rolodex of 50 desperate comics, but nobody that's got nobody that's going to sprinkle sugar on them like this old baby right and, here. And so what happened? I have no idea. I never heard from oh, him. I was hoping you would tell me somebody else did it. Or no, I, was like, I mean, I'm terribly. sure they did, but I, I've tried to find the I've tried to find the show. I can't find it, which just furthers yeah. my suspicions. Jesus. But I'll never but all I know is they'll never call me again because they probably feel like I screw them over. And you don't want them a call. I just want them to treat the next person better. And they won't. And be more professional. FYI. And they won't. They won't. But And I, you're gonna be like, I died for this. <laughs> I'm dead. It's time. <laughs> if you don't want Che Guevara as your comedian, <laughs> you're gonna get the same old party <laughs> politics on your comedy radio shows. I'm dead! Till next time, everybody. Hold your head when the beat drop. Why don't?